0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do you want to say good morning, my
2: honey? Good morning.
1: That's my wife, Gail. Hey, so it's Minister Paul out here in Northern California. It's April 30th, 2016. It's just before 7 a.m. in that specific standard time. You know, so I've been tracking this uh, bale arch. You could call it what you want. It's a bale arch. And uh, I found the, what I believe to be the latest information on it. I'll put links to everything. Okay, so it, it talks about how it was uh, recreated and then dismantled in uh, Trafalgar Square. And then we'll travel to Oxford. Does everybody see that? It says Oxford this summer and then we'll be shown in New York this fall. And so I, I did some research in the Oxford area and you're simply not going to believe this. I mean you won't believe this. And now keep in mind, I'm born and raised here in California. wasn't good at history or ge- geography. I always say that. So I know nothing of this area. So I did a search for Arch of Triumph, Oxford, Vanilla search in Google and I want to show you some interesting pictures, and this is the one that really struck me hard but we're going to come back to that they have some pictures of it, you know, being put together and dismantled it's kind of an interesting uh, s- pictures here but the one I really want to key on, and does anyone know what this is? I'm interested not being from the area it just shows it in several different places, and those are different ones but so let's go back to this one so it it shows the uh... it shows cambridge oxford and i'm wondering is this where they're going to put it i'll show you on the map another place where i think they might put it because this is that was harvard so uh continuing on in in the theme of this message um, I google earthed the Oxford area and I just want to show you right off the bat some immediate things. Jericho is one. Jericho, uh, everybody knows the story of Jericho and how they marched around the wall seven times and then blew the shofar and the wall came down. This is what I've been doing with the Jesus Matters movement with dozens of other people Throughout the United States, visiting capitals and marching around them seven times. This was happened long before anybody knew that these uh, these bale arches would go up. So, here's Oxford Castle, and I'm thinking that they would put it here. But check out the four, the four, four, four. Everybody's seeing this all the time, and and uh, Christchurch, and there's another four, four. Christchurch is where they had that big earthquakes, huh? That's in New Zealand, though, isn't that strange? (laughs) Thank thank you, my hon. That was totally Holy Spirit inspired. Speaking of earthquakes, so um, (coughs) that's my dog's Ruby's shot time. So I want to go back here a little bit, and that's amazing. You just mentioned that. Because on, on May 25th of 2013, I received a, a message. And it was, uh, fast and pray and prepare to endure a 7.8 magnitude earthquake in an area unprepared will begin an hour of trial and testing. And the area is, was Reading, or Reading, however you want to say that. I believe it's Reading. Uh, but this is Pennsylvania. But everybody remember that Reading. Because a 7.8 did hit when my wife and I went on our most recent uh, Jesus Matters trip to San Francisco to meet Sister Vanessa and her son on here. And on the way back, a 7.8 did hit. Exact magnitude. Have we begun an extreme time of trial and testing? It sure feels like that to me. How about you, babe? Mm -hmm. It sure feels like that to me. So I want to go back to this, this search here and just... So this is where it's going, and then it's going to New York, and here's Oxford. I'm 100% sure that it's going to be Times Square. It'll be Times Square. So let's keep an eye on this and keep tracking this. So I'm going to put in here reading. I wish I had Google Earth. This computer's... uh, this computer is like dying pretty fast here with the it's just old ok here's reading UK okay. now I want to show you something how close this is to the location where they're putting it so, so here's this, there's London so here's reading, now, now just bear with me here here's reading and here's the earthquake warning. Reading. I mean, and there was a 7.8. So I, I guess there's, I wish someone would investigate this more. I'm not going to stop uh, reporting on this issue. I'm simply not. They they are erecting uh, demonic arches to Baal. And, and God is giving warnings in advance. And we're called to heed the warnings. And I believe also this area, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, is also included in part of this warning. And so I ask that everybody would pray over these areas. I mean, they say summer, you know, and, and they say uh, uh, fall. That could be accurate, but it could not be accurate, too. They may, they may just uh, not be telling us the actual uh, dates and times. So they're just giving seasons. They're just giving seasons. And uh, I think it's important to note that there could be more than one of them. They could have already built another one. This could be preparing for a false flag. And could anybody confirm this? Many, many people told me, because no one knows where it is right now, that they, they, uh, they believe that it's at the Vatican, which would make sense. God bless you all.
3: To share with you today, and that is this the elite are once again in a nervous panic. In fact, they are planning secret meetings all across our country, not just here domestically, but these secret meetings are being, you know, um, planned internationally as well. So, not only that, but here's the thing we are winning the information war. This is why they're in a panic. America is starting to wake up. To the atrocities, to the new world order, to the persecution of Christians and veterans and patriots and gun owners here in America, they're really waking up to that, and, and abroad as well. And things are starting to come out, and they're starting to um, publicize their actual goals of what they want to do. The Illuminati has coming coming out more in the open with you know blatant uh, acts on our TV, in our uh, media, in magazines and all of that as well. Now, the reason that I believe America has started to wake up is what we're seeing going on with the election. Probably the most anti-establishment or anti-establishment candidate, like I believe him to be, would be Donald Trump. And that is exactly who the elite are discussing at some of their meetings, which makes me think he is definitely not establishment. And I know not everybody's on the Trump wagon, so to speak. And nobody can be 100% certain that when he gets in office, that won't or will change. We just won't know. He's either going to be the worst thing that this country has or the best thing uh, that this country has and I tend to lean that he could be one of the better things that we have had in our country as far as leadership And, you know, because he is standing against things like the new world order, like uh, revealing what happened with 9-11, like, you know, vaccinations and, and not having those forced on us and these kinds of things that he is awake to. And I think America is coming around and that's why they're in a panic. That's why they're upping their tactics. That's why a lot of their tactics are changing and being manipulated into more uh, cunning tactics, and I think we all need to be aware of that because that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, I know right now as well, George Soros is funding John Kasich, which lets me know that Kasich is absolutely establishment. Uh, so be aware of him. We um, you know Rubio, uh, what happened with Rubio, and and Ted Cruz. Well. You know, on the fence about that, but definitely lots going on. Not only are the elite in a panic, but they're upping their attacks on Christians, patriots, gun owners, uh, not to mention what happened recently with the whole LaVoy Finicum event, which video feed finally came out from um, a cell phone inside the car, Shauna Cox's cell phone, revealing that it was not them who shot first, but the FBI, those on the other side. So hopefully, Uh, something comes of that, but the attack on patriot views, the attack on Christian views, it's been here for a while, but we're starting to see it up, and I've got lots of news to show you on that as well, and probably some of the most breaking, uh, biblically speaking, for those who follow Bible prophecy, is that Obama wants to attempt to divide Jerusalem before leaving office, but I think the best thing to do is to delve right into this report. Okay, so here's the first report here on Now the End Begins. And notice this headline. Uh, GOP elites and tech billionaires convene in a secret summit to find a way to stop Donald Trump. This is huge to me. If this doesn't scream that he's an anti-establishment candidate, I don't know what does. But here they are convening on ways to basically stop the American spirit. How do we stop the American people, quote, candidate? Because that's what he represents, whether you're voting for him or not voting for him. That's kind of the idea. And that's why Trump and, and Donald Cruz are Above the polls uh, right now, or Trump is, but uh, here's some of the people who convened. But I um, mean, these are elitist, globalist, Illuminati members, secret societies, Apple CEO Tim Cook, Google CEO or co founder Larry Page, Napster creator and Facebook investor Sean Parker, Tesla Motors, SpaceX Honcho alone, Musk all attended. So did Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, uh, political guru Carl Rove, House Speaker Paul Ryan, Tom Cotton, Cory Gardner, Tim Scott, Rob Portman, Ben Sasse, who recently made news by saying he cannot support Donald Trump. Nonetheless, uh, here is a place of where they convene, and this is uh, on various news websites. not just here on, on Now the End Begins. It's also on Huffington Post and many other uh, news reports as well. Let me show you the report from Huffington Post. Here is that one. A secret meeting, tech CEOs and top Republicans uh, plot to stop Donald Trump. You can see this was real recently, just within the past week. And I'm going to leave a link to these reports, but this is huge. You know, if they're trying to stop the American voice, Uh, this is how they're going to do it. Now, let me show you another report. Um, I also found this fascinating, and it's now, once again, on Now the End Begins, and it's the prospect of a Donald Trump presidency is shaking the new world order to its core. Why is it shaking the new world order? Well, Trump has come out numerous times to talk about the new world order. He has exposed it, he has brought it to light. So I know that he is definitely against the new world order, but here's the subheading. In a highly unusual move, foreign diplomats are expressing, and not just domestic people, but foreigners, like I said in the beginning, are expressing alarm to the U.S. government official about what they say are inflammatory and insulting public statements by Republican president front runner Donald Trump, according to senior U.S. officials. Now, why would this alarm our foreign diplomats? Well, because they're all new world order agents. They all want to start a new world order. This is something that he is against, and it alarms them. It panics them and scares them. So whether or not you are, once again, on the Trump wagon, you know, I don't know what's going to happen when he gets into presidency. I guess my biggest fear is when he gets up there, they're going to manipulate him with family members. They could, you know, threaten to take the life of his children, his wife, his own life, uh, and manipulate him that way. Does it happen in politics? You betcha it does. We all know it does. We're all aware of the blackmail and the manipulation that goes on. I just hope and pray that he does not fall prey to that and that he is who he says he is. And and I have hope for that. But definitely, definitely the elite are in a panic. Now here's another report I found on Infowars that I find interesting. But Jean-Claude Van Damme states Rockefeller and Rothschild, you know, because they are two of... In my book, Some of the Evilist Families Won't Let Trump Win, uh, says the the actor about uh, the anti-globalist candidate. Uh, These two people are definitely in funding campaigns against him and are attempting to knock him off. Now, here's one last report uh, I want to show you before moving on, but this is youngconservatives.com. Here is Mr. Kasich. And he is accused of accepting money from George Soros, who we know is definitely another establishment candidate. So make sure you check out those reports. All right, so there you have it. The elites are in a nervous, raging panic over Donald Trump. Uh, they're, quite frankly, worried he's going to get into office, and so right now they've plotted to do everything they can to get him out of office. Uh, and the funny thing is, shortly after that meeting, which was held about a week ago, um, suddenly, you know, we start hearing on the news of race wars. Uh, Or at least that's what CNN, MSNBC, and all the mainstream media wants to tell you about the Donald Trump rally, that there was a fight and uh, somebody on the the Trump side punched another man, and uh, and this has been all over the news, um, you know, the past few days of how riots are breaking out at the Trump rally. But let me say this. It's a setup. You know it's a setup. I know it's a setup. Uh, People are waking up to that fact. And so... You know, they definitely are trying to start some kind of race riot, race wars. This is why we're seeing more increased race fighting with things like the Black Panther movement and uh, Black Lives Matter and the KKK. They are really inciting this ethnic group against ethnic group mentality, and that's not the way that God designed it to be. But we know, biblically speaking, as a Christian, I will say that in the Bible, it does tell us that in the latter days, nation will rise against nation. If you look at the Hebrew and the Greek, or you know, the, the main context of those words, uh, you will not find that it's ethnic group against ethnic group as well as, you know, nation against nation. So just something to ponder uh, on the biblical side of that. Now, another thing that I've had questions about is people say, oh, is you know, Obama going to stay in office. I've heard Obama's going to stay in office and cancel the presidency. Well, could that happen? Absolutely. Do I know? Can I read the future? No, I can't. Uh, So people can speculate and say that's a possibility, and I do think it's a possibility. There is a chance that, you know, Obama can cause some kind of crisis, or something will break out, be it a race riot, be it some kind of natural disaster, or man-made disaster, or false flag event, or martial law per se, or whatever they want to do, uh, and he could stay in office. Uh, Could that be a last-ditch result? Uh, to keep Trump out of office or whatever. or Maybe they'll do more voting fraud. But there's definitely a play there. Otherwise, these elite people would not have gathered together to discuss Donald Trump. And like I said, this has happened internationally as well. I know the Pope hates him. China hates him. If they hate him, well, I like him. <laughs> That's kind of the gist of it there. And, and I just hope that it is who he says he is. And uh, what I want to do now is just show you how the attack on Christianity, and we already know there's an attack on, on the patriot movement. That's obvious through the right-wing extremist document, through uh, you know, the, the internment camp document, through civil, civil uh, riots document. All these different documents that have been put out by the government make it an effort to say, okay, we're more worried about domestic terrorism than ISIS. Uh, Yet, you know, we don't have that kind of a problem here in America, and they continue to allow these terrorist camps to thrive, Uh, ISIS terrorist camps to thrive, but they go after patriots uh, and, you know, those here in America. But what I want to do is show you specifically how the attack is being upped on Christianity and then... uh, how Obama is planning maybe to divide Jerusalem before he leaves office, if he leaves office. Like I said, I don't know. I hope he does leave office. I personally think on my note that that won't happen. I don't think that Obama will stay in office. That's my opinion. I think he'll get out of there, but could I be wrong? Absolutely. There is definitely uh, that option. But let's delve into this quick report. Okay, so here's the first report, and this is on Shubat.com, and this was written by Theodore Shubat. And the headline is this, a major meeting will be taking place in Russia, which Putin, uh, the only one that backs Russia really is Trump, but in which Christian leaders will gather together to fight against Islamic persecution of Christians. Uh, We know our government is not doing anything about the consistent uh, persecutions of Christians abroad. In fact, it's kicked to the curb and, you know, nothing is being done. Here we have Franklin Graham, I guess, meeting with with Russia to discuss this very thing. And he stated, no church in modern history has suffered more than the church in Russia because they know some of the things that have taken place. So great report there. Uh, But that's just to prove that that the persecution is there. Now, I also found this report on LifestyleNews.com. And again, I encourage you to read it. But this is back in 2015. But the reason that I want to bring it back up is because the attack on Christians is truly coming and already here, especially with the fact that the governments of the world do nothing about Christian persecution. Uh, But here we have Richard Dawkins. We all know, um, well-known atheist there, but the state needs to protect children from religion and their parents. And I think this is a very imperative report especially with the recent release of the draft document by the U.S. Department of Education and the U.S. Health and Human Services. I have showed it numerous times, but on this particular report, they specifically take Richard Dawkins' words to heart, in which they make it, uh, now it's not officially uh, stamped, signed, sealed, and delivered, this draft. However, in this draft, they entertain the idea of home visits, visiting and going to your homes, Um, and having and forcing a parent-child relationship. What does it forced parent-child relationship look like? Uh, Well, to the government, well, that would mean that they force parents to take certain classes. If the parent's depressed or has anxiety or on anxiety medicine, they could have CPS take you away. And that also comes in the form of assigning a person, uh, an education specialist, to your family from birth. From conception, even, is when they are talking about doing this. Let me show you that report real quick. Here is that link, and I'm going to leave this link in um, below for you so you can check it out and rate it for yourself. But it, it makes the states equal with parents, but very disturbing news there. All right, now, one last thing I want to show you. This is once again on Now the End Begins. But Obama considering using the UN to forcibly divide Jerusalem before his term ends. Now, we know that he's already canceled meetings with Benjamin Netanyahu. And according to this report, this was leaked by, and I'll show you this the Wall Street Journal, uh, where it talks, a, a journalist there is saying that Obama is working on a renewed Middle East push. And I'm going to leave a link to that so you can check that out. But uh, the president is also considering use of the U.N. Security Council resolution to forcibly extract concessions from Israel and the PA. The The U.S. has until now vetoed any such resolution, though Mr. Obama has threatened to allow them to pass. So we know that this is, you know, could be or the beginning of a fulfillment of Joel 3 2, which states, I will gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will plead with them there for my people whom they have scattered among the nations and departed depart, um, my land. Um, but, you know, if such a thing takes place, Uh, Could some kind of deal be cut? Could we be looking at the seven-year peace treaty spoken of in biblical prophecy? And I think that's very important and the reason why I wanted to share this particular report. But I highly encourage you to read it because it also talks about basically how Obama wants to revive the Middle East Quartet, uh, the U.S., the U.N., the E.U., and Russia and apply pressure to Palestine and Israel. Um, but there's that report kind of closing it off. So we have, you know, elite in a panic over Donald Trump, I guess the people's choice if you are voting for him. And they all. we also have an increased attack on Christianity. And also here we have a dividing of Jerusalem, very significant end time report. So there's that. All right, so there you have it. Uh, The elite are in a panic. They're planning secret meetings, uh, talking about Donald Trump, talking about the American people, talking about how to sidetrack what's going on in America because they are losing the war. And as a result, we're going to see an uptick on attack against domestic extremism, patriots, conservatives, Christians. We already see what's happening uh, abroad in other countries, you know, in in, uh, the Middle East, in Russia, in China with Christianity. In China, they are going underground just to worship the Lord. And here we are on the brink of some pretty crazy stuff. We can look abroad and see what's going to happen with the Christian religion to find out what's going domestically, because that is what the New World Order is doing. It's already got many other countries in its grasp, and this is why they me behind closed doors to plot and try to figure out what to do, especially with us here in America, which we're kind of like the last stand there. Uh, not only that, but Obama to divide Jerusalem, that's huge news. He, he wants to divide it. Will it happen? Well, I guess we'll see in time. But definitely he wants to offer some kind of two-state solution to go ahead and cut a deal uh, with the, with the you know, double, so to speak, so just something to keep our eye out on prosthetically, uh, some treaty, but wanted to bring you that. I know it's a little bit of, you know, a mix of news there, but anytime that something is going on prosthetically, I want to share that with you guys. Real quick, if you haven't had a chance to check out my sponsors, please do. Um, getthetea.com is, they've got some great products. I personally use the colostrum. Now, if you have any kind of guts or, uh, problems with your stomach, stomach problems, uh, bloating, uh, that kind of thing, then I encourage you to take the colostrum test, get on it, see if it helps you and, 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 uh, see how you, how your body is after, but I definitely love it. Use it. That as well as the tea. I actually take it on a daily basis now, uh, but the super strength tea is what I use and I highly recommend you check that out. It's a great detox. Also, if you're not stored with food, foodforliberty.com backslash Haven. Uh, Get some food storage. End times are going to be here, and biblical prophecy is already on the brink. Now is the time to be ready. This is the the reason that God told Joseph to prepare. You know, we have seven years of famine, seven years of plenty. Now is our years of plenty. Now is the time to store up. Yesterday, ten years ago, was the time to prepare. But you can still get prepared today with that foodforliberty.com or check out some other source. But make sure you are getting prepared. Anyhow, don't forget to subscribe to my channel. Uh, and thanks again for tuning in. This is Lisa Haven. I'm out.
4: Talk radio.
0: I just pray right now that you would just impart a baptism of fire to the pioneers for those who would go ahead for those who are brave and courageous and are going to take steps to go ahead Lord I pray that you would baptize them in your spirit and baptize them in fire Lord we know that we've walked by the fire So many times we've walked by, but we just want to state to you today that we're not walking by the fire today, but we're walking into the fire. We're walking into the center of the fire.
5: My brothers and sisters, this is Tuesday in the Lord's Hour with Brother Jin. Hallelujah. Let's pray, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we welcome your presence. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, as we wait for you, we pray that you strengthen us, Lord. Lord. and as we come into your presence Lord we ask you to please Lord please cleanse our sins Lord Lord we repent our sins and Lord please purify us with your holy fire once again oh hallelujah Lord please speak through this vessel Lord that you may reach out to your children that they may hear your voice that they may be strengthened they may be motivated that they may dust off their feet and get up hallelujah Lord give us faith give us strength give us the courage give us the endurance give us the patience give us unwavering faith in these times of uncertainty, Lord, we pray, Lord, that we are one with you, Lord, that we may dwell in your presence forever and evermore. Hallelujah. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. My brothers and sisters, I want to tell you today that you are one of a kind. Now, I I do not mean to tell you this so that you become proud and arrogant. No. But I want to tell you that if you are here Spending your time out of your own decision in the Lord's hour, I want to tell you, you are one of a kind and you please the Lord. Okay. It's not. Don't take it as face value, okay? It's not because you come to the Lord's hour, but I'm just saying that if you really, truly love the Lord, then you are here, trying to be closer to God. You are doing whatever you can. You're grasping whatever you can even the garment of Jesus Yeshua for that last cry of help my brothers and sisters you who are here are really valuable to the Lord okay I want to tell you that and the Lord loves you dearly the Lord loves everybody But I want to tell you, those that spend their time because they choose to for the Lord, like this. I want to tell you, the Lord is very happy that you are doing that. And there are not many of us, unfortunately. But you, my brothers and sisters, you endure to the end. And let me go to Revelation 3.11. What does Revelation 3.11 say? Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast, which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Keep your crown, my brothers and sisters. Don't lose it. And you know what? Don't throw it away. Please, I want to tell you, don't throw away your crown. The Lord is saying here in Revelation 3.11 says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold on to what you have tightly. Let no man take your crown. Okay, this is very serious. If you throw away your crown, you're going to regret it. Here we go. I'm going to read you Proverbs uh, chapter 2. okay, Verse 22 through 33. How long, you simple ones, Will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning. And fools hate knowledge. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have said at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will, walk, I will mock when your fear comes. When your f- fear comes as desolation and your destruction comes as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then shall they call upon me but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall find me. Oh, I'm sorry. This is uh, chapter 1. Yeah. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkens unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. We have no idea how actually it will be during the tribulation. Okay? When God says there shall be fear of evil Okay? according to God's um, level of fear of evil, I want to tell you it sounds very serious. It is. When we go back to verse 29, it says, For that they hated knowledge, for those that they hated knowledge, those people did not choose the fear of the Lord. And if you go back to 28, those people called upon God, but God says, I will not answer. They shall seek God early, but they shall not find God. I want to I wanna tell you one thing here today. I want to tell you my brothers and sisters today, you need to choose the fear of God again. I am here today again because I love the Lord and I fear the Lord. And I I revere Him. I respect Him. I honor my Lord. And that's why I'm here. And you know what? I fear Him because He is in total control. He is above all our ways. He is above all our imaginations. He is above all our tactics, our reasonings, our thoughts, our wisdom, our knowledge, our technology, our studies of life, academics. He's above everything, my brothers and sisters. Fear the Lord and choose the Lord my brothers and sisters choose the Lord and fear the Lord today you need to choose the Lord again and don't choose yourself let go of yourself deny yourself and choose God choose to fear Him because He can do anything He even created hell my brothers and sisters Bla- do not blaspheme the Holy Spirit my brothers and sisters do not blaspheme the Holy Spirit let us not grieve the Holy Spirit He is holy, He's a gentleman He is lost He's God. Father, Son, and Spirit are one. Let us hold hold on to this one thing. That is God. That is true. That is truth. He's Almighty. He's never ending. He is the first and the last. He will never ever forsake you, my brothers and sisters. He will never ever forsake you. Sometimes we feel like He has forsaken us. But no, all along, He was and is and will be beside us. do we have to go through these things I don't want to but it is the father's will and father's will and his plans are way above my will and my thoughts and my plans the father's will and his heart for you is way over surpassing your thoughts your hearts and your intentions and when the Lord stretches out His hand to reach out to you you need to take that hand and hold His hand when He humbles Himself reaching out to you, my brothers and sisters Whenever he does that, you need to hold on to him and never let go. Amen. Hallelujah. Never let go, my brothers and sisters. Our Lord has a very flexible, outreaching arm, okay? Outstretching arm now don't take it for granted my brothers and sisters please don't take that for granted our Lord is amazing and when you ask when you call for the Lord and he shall answer you my brothers and sisters Lord help us to let go the things of this world Lord we beg of you to please help us to let go the things of this world Lord we are still in bondage of the things of this world the luxuries, the things that this world offers Lord Lord, please break that bond in the name of Jesus Christ to whoever is listening right now. Lord, in the mightiest name of Yahushua Hamashiach of Nazareth, please break the bondage of this world, Lord. Lord, please free us from this fleshly ways. Lord, help us, Lord save our souls SOS my Lord SOS hallelujah save our souls my Lord don't leave us here Lord please change us oh Lord fix us wipe the tears off from the eyes that are tearful Lord hallelujah Caress their hearts, Lord. Hallelujah. Give warmth for those that are cold. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, know that He is real. Know that He loves you. Okay. Know that He is real. Know that He loves you. If he's not real, you and I are wasting our time. But we're not wasting our time. We shall be called the wise servant of the Lord that spent their time wisely, my brothers and sisters. Don't let go of his hand. Do not let go. There's so much he can do. Because He has given us free will. But when you pray, anything is possible, my brothers and sisters. When you pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of God, who is called the Word, who is the Alpha and Omega, the brightening morning star. God, the Son of God, who gave Himself in obedience to the Father walked in the flesh about 2,000 years ago for sins of the whole world including you and I Ah, Hallelujah Praise the Lord my brothers and sisters, I want to ask you, what is, what is, my brothers and sisters, what is your dream? What's your dream in this life? What is your goal in this life? I had so many dreams and goals that was of this world my dream my brothers and sisters my goal is to live a life for the Lord that I may not have any regrets in heaven that I want to hear Father tell me the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit tell me as one my child welcome home my good and faithful servant The greatness I have prepared for you. Dwell with me in my father's house forever. I shall live in you. You shall live in me. Forever. Receive your home that I have built for you, my child. And for those that are called to be the bride of Christ, my dearly, bri- lovely bride, my dearly, bride, you have no idea. How long? I have waited for my bride. You have no idea how long I have waited for my bride. my bride shine brighter for me my bride my bride be the saltiest salt of this world my bride Of Christ, what a blessed one of the Lord! Receive the kingdom. That has been prepared for you since the foundation of the world. For those that believe, blessed is he or she that believes. in the word of God Hallelujah Brother Chance please play file number two I'll be back
6: Can I do it now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's recorded. Hi, everyone. I wanted to come on here and say a couple things with you. The Lord Jesus don't want your money. He must get hot. But if you do not follow the Lord, you walk on you but do not do that to him. It's the only way in the group in the life. He don't want you to sin and, and and do whatever you want to do. No, he wants you to repent and turn away from your wicked ways. He don't want you to Fly around in all your sins. He wants you to go follow him before he's away. The truth and the light. He died on the cross, but he don't want your money. He don't. He he he. He don't want you to fly around in your sins. But he wants you to repent and turn away from your wicked ways. He don't want you to stay in your sins. He wants you to turn away from your wicked ways. But if you do not follow the Lord, you walk on here, but you have to not. Because if you do, it will be thrown to the lake of fire. And will burn the forever. But you will not come up. But Jesus don't want your money. He wants your heart. That's why he wants the people to repent and turn away from their wicked ways. But they refuse but they to turn away from their wicked ways. But Jesus spied on the cross for us to stop sinning. To stop sinning. He don't want your money. He wants your heart. He wants you to repent and turn away from your wicked ways. But Jesus don't want your money. He wants your heart. That's all Jesus wants you to do. Repent and turn away from your wicked ways. But Jesus do want, want you to turn away from Him, we if, if you do not follow the Lord, you walk on Him. You do not obey Him. You do not live by His commands. you got to live by His commands because if you do not follow the Lord, you walk on Him because you're not. Because you won't repent and turn away from your wicked ways, and and live by His command, and and seek Him and obey Him. Many people don't want don't want to repent and turn away from their wicked ways. But Jesus don't want your money. What? Jason really don't want the money. He, but he still wants the heart. He died.
2: And it's still raining. As the thunder rolls, I barely hear. How can I carry on If I can't find you But as a thunder.
7: Hello, my brothers and sister praise the Lord this is your brother Elvis Zapata. thank you Jesus praise you Lord I want to warn everyone about the judgment that is about to come on the US and the world there's such a great mighty judgment coming from God the God is continuing to warn his people to prepare and to get ready this morning as I was shown um, what's gonna happen after the judgment I remember driving in my truck going to like New Jersey for North Carolina and brothers and sisters, I tell you this that I had to stop because I ran out of gas. And I don't know what else was wrong with the truck, but I had to stop. And I tell you that this this uh this place where I stopped I saw a house and I began to walk to where the house was, brothers and sister. And I noticed that there were people there uh, working on different things and, and kind of preparing themselves because they, they saw that how all the state were practically paralyzed because of the judgment. And I saw a man there who looked to, seem, looked to seem to me very humble. And I approached him, and he says, how can I help you? And I said, my truck just stopped. I ran out of gas. I'm heading to New Jersey. I got family over there that I need to go help. And he said, Wow, in this emergency, after, after this emergency, after the whole country is paralyzed, he said to me, You're going to go to New Jersey? And I said, Yes, I got family that needs my help. I had $300 cash with me to make it there. And, and, and he, he was aware, and I was aware, there was no gas station from North Carolina to New Jersey, which are about 800 miles or 600 miles. And there was no gas station in between that was working, all the shelf, all the mobile ones, all the gas stations that I knew were, were out of service, had no gas. And, and the only thing I knew when, when I was going through this was that, yes, I was driving north, but at the same time I knew that the only thing that the government got to clean was the main highway so they can reach out of the state and help. So, or female, or whoever is going to help, be helping our people. And But I knew I wanted to get to my destination, brothers and sisters, because I knew the condition of the country was very horrible. Praise the Lord. And I was in the middle, midst of all this judgment, and I was stunned how paralyzed the country was. And this man, he says, um, I noticed that you're a Christian. Notice you're a man of God. I said, yes, I am. And he says, I'm also a Christian, and I'm gathering together with other people, and we're trying to help whoever we can. And I said, well, I need gas. If you have any gas that you can help me to make it to New Jersey, I would I will pay you. Look, I have $300 cash. And they said, well, keep your money because you're going to need it. But I tell you this, uh, there is no gas anywhere. We, we can provide you with some gas for you to make it to New Jersey, but that's it. That's it. And... um I said, "Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much." And as, as they were working on my truck and they were putting gas, the they, the the men had a a, a tow truck and went to pick up my truck down from the valley where it was, and had me brought it back to his shop, and, and they were checking the truck and making sure nothing else was wrong, <laughs> so I could I could make it I could make it to New Jersey. Brothers and sisters, it was very hard. It was very tough. It was very difficult for me to get to my destination, praise the Lord, but I tell you something, brothers and sisters, things are going to be very bad. I apologize for my children playing. Praise the Lord. Things are going to get really bad. It's going to be very difficult. Uh, Life is not going to be the same, brothers and sisters. I tell you right now, life is not going to be the same when this judgment comes. Go, go over there. What's for you now? And so I apologize again. Life is not going to be the same. It's going to be very hard when this judgment comes. And so uh, brothers and sisters, I, enc- I encourage each and one of you to continue to seek the Lord, to continue to prepare, to continue to get ready, because it, it, it's the judgment is going to be very great. The Lord actually took me to heaven before I seen the judgment. And just to give me peace to know that God is in control, and that yes, things are going to get really, really bad, brothers and sisters, really, really bad. God wanted me to know and to let His people know that we can have peace in God. He showed me uh, just what it says in the book of Isaiah, I believe, uh, uh, where in the mountain of God, where Satan needs to walk in among the the, the the living coal in heaven, where He wanted us to go back to which he was not allowed to. And that was being shown to me in heaven, brothers and sisters. And and the peace and the joy that was there, the presence of God was overwhelming. It was an overwhelming peace, brothers and sisters, that was there. I tell you. And and man, praise the Lord. I was really rejoicing to be in heaven one more time, to have the privilege to be up there. Praise you, Lord. And I tell you, it, 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 it's nothing to be compared with anything else. Heaven, heaven cannot be compared to earth. Heaven is much better, much greater place in heaven. There is no law. There's no decease, diseases. There's no infirmity. There's no sickness. There's nothing in heaven that is going on on earth. It's completely peace. It's completely serving God. And there's complete abundance, which when you come to the earth, there's so much lacking, so much lacking even out of the presence of God. Because in heaven, the presence of God is all over. It's everywhere. And I'm looking at the mountain of God, and I'm, wishing I, I'm looking at the living coal, brothers and sisters. And God, Father, God wanted me to see that so I can tell his people that there is peace in heaven. There is joy in heaven like this cannot be compared on earth. And, and all days that we know is going to end soon. It's going to finish soon. God is going to end the world soon. This world don't have much to go because it's going to end. And Father God is going to make sure that when he brings his judgment, people that are uh, sleeping, that are backsliding, will be awakened to the time. They'll be awakened to, go, to the coming of Christ, to the coming of Jesus. And they need to understand that the Lord is coming and that God is not a man that he will lie to the Son of Man, that he will repent. God has told us the truth, and nothing but the truth. And we need to believe that his word is true and not to doubt God. A lot of the doubt that we, we have is unfulfilled, hallelujah, desire that we have in us. Because there's a lot of things we wanted, and we wanted God to provide to us, supplies to us, or brings to us, or allow us to happen. Because we have not had those things. We doubt but doubt is a sin. Doubt is not of God. And we need to repent any doubt, my brothers and sisters. We need to say I'm sorry to God for doubting his promises, for doubting his word, brothers and sisters. God is faithful, brothers and sisters. God is faithful. And everything he has told us to his prophet, he is going to bring to pass sooner or later. It's going to come to pass, not in our timing but in his timing, because God's timing is very different than our timing. We complain that time has gone by and we have not seen anything, but it has been the mercy of God. It has been Jesus crying out to the Father to have mercy and give his people more time to be saved, more time to come to him, more time to repent, because that is ultimately the word of God. He does not... Jesus don't want people to perish, but he wants them to be saved through him. He is the only Savior, Mohammed, Buddha, the Pope, and anyone else can save you, but only Jesus Christ. And we need to give our lives to Jesus and repent. Moses cannot save you, but Jesus can save you. And he is sitting at the right hand of the Father, willing to, Willing to save you, willing to bring you as a family of God through his own life and blood on the cross, you and I will have that opportunity if we repent and we see what Jesus had done on the cross. His sacrifice on the cross cannot be compared to anything we know, to anything, it cannot be valued with money, with gold, or silver, or precious stone. His sacrifice is unique and is eternal. We can receive eternal life through what Jesus did on the cross. And so my friend, my brother, my sister, I want to encourage you to continue to repent and continue to receive Jesus. Repent your sin daily. Give your life life and heart to the Lord through repentance, daily repentance. Let the Lord Jesus Christ save you from the evil, wicked judgment that is approaching this earth. It's going to be such a, hallelujah, judgment to the earth where everything material that people love, they are going to lose. Millions are going to lose their life. It is not time to play, to waste time. It is a time to repent and to come to the Lord and humble ourselves and say, Lord, I need you this past week i had a mighty encounter with jesus in the encounter i had with jesus i was telling jesus that i could not be a true prophet i said lord i could not be lord i cannot be a true prophet lord i am a full prophet lord jesus i said and jesus says to me my son you are not a full prophet you are god's messenger you have spoken what has been given to you. And I said, Lord, I'm sorry, but it's because I don't feel like I am. Because we've been waiting so long for the word to come to be fulfilled, the signs and wonders, especially the three signs, the in California, the tsunami that is going to hit New York, and many other states, in the word in Israel. And all these things will be fulfilled, and God's sight but very soon. God has been speaking to prophet that the earthquake in California is closer than ever, and any day, anytime soon, people will be living the reality of this earthquake in the United States, because not only will it destroy San Francisco and paralyze California, it will also affect the rest of the nation, the rest of the country, will be affected by this earthquake in California. The earthquake in Chicago is not so far from it neither. These earthquakes are very close to hit these states. We have seen the rain in Houston, Texas. How much has been raining. I've seen the video on, on the internet and the news how some towns are full of water, are flooded completely. Things are changing like never before. What this earth has not seen in thousands a year are going to happen again. And, and, and it will be things even worse than these later on. But right now, God wants us to submit ourselves to him completely. Forget about this earth that we love so much that was given to man to take care. But man had turned following the wicked ways and God is calling humanity to repentance. But may, so many people have hearkened their heart to God, to the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Father, the only things in the Father's mind is to save humanity, or what is left of humanity is to bring this judgment. It was what I was seeing this morning as I was, after I was taken to heaven, I saw the reality of this. Coming judgment, and it was very hurtful. It was very sad that this great nation raised by God has has fallen so low in regard to repenting and seeking God. They have not listened to God's prophet. They have not listened to His words, and are taking God for granted. And that God cannot let go by without bringing judgment to awaken people to repentance. This upcoming judgment that will come in the US and the world, the Lord told me a few years ago, is going to awaken the last Christians that are going to be raptured. Those that were first, that's been backsliding, that been doubting God's word and promise. The Lord told me that through this judgment, that God is going to bring, they are going to be awakened, to know they will know it's God, and they will be awakened to repentance, to humbling themselves to God, and to be ready to be raptured. And Jesus will rapture them and take them home. This is what we call a great revival. A great revival is about to come upon the United States and the rest of the world. Very soon, the nation will be under great revival. But before the revival comes, there has to come judgment. Great judgment when everyone can see and know that God is not playing, but that God is very serious. And is calling his people to repentings. God loves you, and God don't want you to perish. That's why He sent His Son Jesus to die for us on the cross. The Bible says in John 3:16, "For God so God loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life." Those that refuse to believe in Christ will. Be condemned, the Bible says after that. We have to believe in Jesus, the only Savior, the only mediator between man and God. Buddha, the Pope, or Muhammad cannot be your mediator, but only Jesus Christ is the only Savior. He said in John 14:6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. It's said through me. Those are the word of Jesus Christ himself. Not the word of any prophet or any man, but the word of the Son of God, who is also a a prophet and who is also worth in a human body. Repent and give your life to Jesus before it's too late, because soon many will see the judgment come that are not repenting, but it will be too late for them. God have mercy on those that are backsliding, that are not ready for the coming of Jesus. That they may be awakened, awakened through the judgment, and it will not be too late for them. We have heard of the dead of Prince, a, a, a famous singer. And how everyone in the media are moved by how this man died they don't even know how he died yet but I tell you there's a friend that was so important have died in this way in his 50 imagine those that are in the 20 and 10 and 5 and 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 and 70 who are not repenting who have not given their life to Jesus when this mighty Earthquake of California and this mighty tsunami that is going to come a thousand feet tall through Miami, through North Carolina, 2,000 feet or three through Florida, and when it gets to New York, around 400, 500 feet, brothers and sisters, it's going to devastate these states. Boston will also not escape. Maryland and Washington will neither escape this great judgment god has been speaking this of this judgment through many of many of his prophets but i don't know how many are taking god serious or are just mocking god that he kept raising his prophets and using them to speak of this judgment and a few years have gone by and the word of these prophet has not been fulfilled yet again it's because it's not in our timing we are not under the law that when God said something would happen, it happened almost immediately. There was no grace. There was mercy under the law. But the grace had only come to the earth through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Grace did not come through Moses or through Abraham or David or none of them. Grace had only come to this earth through the Son of God, Jesus Christ. I want to tell you and encourage you to take advantage or receive the grace that God has given you and I through his Son, Jesus. Repentance of our sin and the forgiveness of our sin through repentance. God has been, is being merciful. and has been merciful for so many years. When this judgment begins, it's not going to stop. After the earthquake in California begins, the Lord has shown me there will be many earthquakes like it is now. We just had a mighty earthquake hit Ecuador. Another earthquake prior to that one had hit Japan. And the earth, even after the first earthquake had hit Ecuador, another two days after, Or the days after, another one hit Ecuador again. The earth continues to shake. I warned the people of Central America of this judgment on the Spanish radio. The judgment was coming to the Middle East. Some took the message serious. Many did not. And now they see the consequence. I don't call myself a prophet. I only call it as gospel. Tells me or shows me, brothers and sisters. And I knew judgment was coming to Central America. There's more judgment coming to the earth, brothers and sisters. That the earth nothing European will have earthquakes. As the United States and Mexico. Argentina and Chile will also have earthquake. A more earthquake, mighty earthquake will be manifested in Central America. In South America South America is about to experience one of the biggest judgments that for many years the Lord had gone to the Father to have mercy on South America. When I mean to say South America, I talk about Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Hawaii, and Cuba, and the Virgin Islands, and many other islands around it. We'll see a mighty judgment of God very soon where millions, listen carefully, I'm not saying thousands. Listen to the word I'm speaking. I'm saying millions are going to perish. Millions are going to die. There are so much sins in those islands, so much sin in Havana, Cuba, so much sin in the Dominican Republic. God has sent messenger not only to the capital of the Dominican Republic. But to many other cities, like Santiago, has been warned by God of judgment over Santiago where half of the island is going to go into the sea. When the Lord showed me this judgment of half of the island of the Dominican Republic going into the sea, and all these people losing their life, I cried, and I cried deeply in my heart because I love that island. I come from that island. But half of that island is going to go into the sea. And millions of people will lose their life in one single night. It will be too late for them. God has told us this, not only through me, as many from the Dominican have written to me and said, You have not been the only prophet that has given us this warning. God has sent other people to warn us, and the prophet here are uh, also warning us a great judgment to come. Great judgment is coming to the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico. God has given more chances to Puerto Rico than many other nations. And God is going to destroy the phony. The phony, those that are mocking his word. Those that are mocking his people. Those that are making fun of his prophet. Those pastors who are only pastoring the sheep to make money out of them. They don't care for them. God is going to destroy them, as he has said to the prophet Ephraim. I myself asked Jesus about Ephraim. I said, Lord, is Ephraim your servant? And Jesus said, Yes, he is. And since the Lord confirms to me that Ephraim is his servant, I've been praying for the prophet Ephraim. Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico, do not take lightly. What the prophet Ephraim is telling you. Because every word that God comes out of his mouth, God is going to fulfill soon. It's going to come to pass. Because he is God's messenger. And the word of God through his mouth is going to be fulfilled. Brothers and sisters, please repent. Please turn to the Lord before it's too late. Give your heart to Jesus. Don't let the judgment come before you begin to repent, but repent before it comes, before it's too late, before you say, well, God should have given us more, give us more time. How many times has God raised Ephraim and many of his prophets to go tell his people to repent because judgment is at hand? How many times has then been on the radio, on the internet, and television all over the world, warning and warning from heaven, from God, that judgment is at hand and for people to repent. Brothers and sisters and friends, it's up to you. God is not going to make you serve Him. God loves you. But with the same love, He loves you and wants to preserve you. He going to bring his judgment. God, one of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah to repent. God gave them the opportunity to, but they did not take heed to His word, and God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. The same to happen in, in the times of Noah. Noah, the Bible says, was a preacher of a preacher of righteousness. He preached the word of God, the true messenger of God, to his generation. Year after year warned them of a great tsunami, great flood that was going to come all over the earth because they had not seen such a type of judgment. They mocked him. They locked up him. And they say so many things that are not in the word because it was not worth it to put it in the word of God. The offenses are not worth it to be written. Only the good news are worth it to be read. The good message from the Lord that comes through the mouth of the righteous are worth it to be written. Not the word that comes out of the mouth of the wicked. Why would have we need a Bible or an extra few pages of the Bible? The, the, the word of those men of the wicked, the evil word that was coming out of their mouth would, would, be, would have been written. For what? What blessing would we we would have if each of those evil words that came out of their mouth would have been written. It will probably even make our generation even worse. Right now they mock the name of Jesus, the name of God. They even talk about the Holy Spirit without any fear of God in them on television. There is one sin God said in his word, He will not forgive. Hallelujah. And it is, hallelujah, the unpardoned sin and it's the blaspheming of his Holy Spirit. Many are speaking against the Holy Spirit without any fear. They don't know or they don't understand the consequence of speaking against the Holy Spirit. Jesus was sharing God's word when people were criticizing him. He said that all blaspheming Again, God the Father and the Son will be forgiven, but not the blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. And he was just sharing the word of God. And they said that he was a available, the devil. They were blaspheming God as they were speaking against Jesus because he was the Son of God, a messenger of God, sent from heaven, brothers and sisters. And this is why today many are doing the same. And I'm noticing the type of sin they are committing a few days ago I heard of a prophet that said that when the tribulation begin which is very close to begin many people will be turned into zombie werewolf like death has been shown to me by Jesus I've been in the tribulation to come days ahead where I have seen the tribulation begin and people turned into werewolves, like in the movies. And they immediately began to attack other people. I also seen multitudes like zombies, and bite people legs and people's arms. I saw people fighting them, but they were too strong. For so them, they were pushing their mouth, their face away. They look horrible. Here grew from them, like Nebuchadnezzar, because of his pride. The nation had become prideful, like Nebuchadnezzar. God the Father punished Nebuchadnezzar because of his pride and brought him very low when he turned him into a beast like the beast of the field, like the werewolf of the field. But these beasts in the last day will be even worse than Nebuchadnezzar because they will attack anybody else who is not like them to eat them. I saw them buying people's arm and leg like to supply their hunger. Or the sun, they get very hungry for meat. And that's all they want to eat. I notice now that as I travel to different states, that most of the seafood are being removed. Most of the restaurant seafood are being removed. And what is being placed in, 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 in the place of the seafood restaurant? Let me tell you what is being placed in those places. Meat. Meat. Meat restaurant. People order the sign in the last couple of years. I noticed this, as I have been taken to the tribulation many times, the people are more hungry for meat in these last couple of years than what I've seen ever. These restaurants where they sell meat all the time are full of people. People do line to eat hamburgers, to eat all type of meat cooked in different ways. And a lot of it is rare meat. I had never seen, like before, rare meat, meat and cook, being eaten by people. I go by places, by restaurant, and I see people eating rare meat. And I'm like, how can this be? Years ago, you never noticed that. It was very rare to hear someone order rare meat. Now it's, it's, it's part of the daily meal in many of the restaurants. The orders are coming in like never before. The appetite for red rare meat, bloody meat, is growing in the United States and around the world daily. I don't know if you have noticed this, but pay attention to those de- small details. Why is in the brain of the people? It's all meat, 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 rare meat. That's exactly the the a hundred percent of that is what I saw in the beginning of the tribulation. People begin to eat meat. Rare meat. But it was not very meat they ordered. It was people walking in the street, going to the work, taking care of the family that they were jumping to. They were jumping through windows, glass windows, and just breaking and going through them, jumping through fences, running through valleys, chasing people through valleys in the streets. No matter whether the person was homeless, as any person who had a suit who was going to work, a lawyer, a doctor, to them it was the same. They just wanted to eat them. And I noticed that in the last day, red and me is being so like never before. I noticed these little things. And it's the beginning of the tribulation is soon to begin. The departing of the bride of Christ, it is also close, as it says in the word of God. The departing comes first, then the tribulation. Then the men of sin, the Bible says, will be revealed. The men of sin will be revealed, who will blaspheme God's name. He is already blaspheming God's name on television. Everybody's wondering who is the Antichrist. Brother, brothers and sisters, it was shown to me that Obama was the first beast of Revelation 13.1. The Revelation 13.11 beast, I don't know who he is, but this beast comes out of Europe, the second Antichrist who the first beast gives power to the second one. And then the fourth prophet comes up to that, which is the Pope. We hear of the Pope resigning out of office soon. I heard of a black Pope many years ago. When this Pope was elected, I thought it was this Pope. But her brother told me many years ago, Because God has shown someone, I don't know who it was, this is a word from someone else, that it will be a black pope, and that the next pope will come from the Middle East. It's what he said, the last pope, the last pope he said, will come from the Middle East. This pope came from Argentina, believe it was, or Chile. So it it did not come. It's not the same pope that he was talking about. But this last pope was said, this pope that will come, he will be colored black, like we have a black president in the U.S. Which no one would believe, if you would have told anyone in the U.S. 50 years ago that they will have a black president, they would tell you never will that ever happen. Well, that never that ever happen, it happens. It was fulfilled. And as it is, in 2008, United States elected the, fourth, the first colored president. And now Rome will also do the same I was told also. The fulfillment of the two thousand and eight prophecy was fulfilled. Now I'm waiting for the last one of the last prophecy to be fulfilled. But I'm not too concerned with those words. Because that was they were given to someone else. I'm more I have my eyes open more to the earthquake in California, the earthquake in Chicago, which it was shown to me. There's a tsunami in New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Maryland, Washington, Florida, which will be completely destroyed. I don't know what brothers and sisters are doing in Florida in Orlando or Miami. I don't all fall them, no matter where they are. I, 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 sometimes I, I think, what are they doing there? Because many people I still get people writing to me that the Lord has told them and showed them to dreams and visions to get out of Florida. I believe that if you are in Florida today, and the Lord has told you to get out, if you don't repent, you will die in your sin. Because this mighty tsunami that is going to hit Florida, it will wipe out whole Florida. There are many Christians in disobedience, and when I say disobedience, they are backsliding, and many of them don't even notice they are. They have fallen into their own conviction and to their own good lifestyle they call, but are not listening to the voice of God through his prophets. God has told his people several times, time and over, to repent and to walk away from sin and disobedience, to listen to the guiding of his people, of his spirit. God, when he talked about the Holy Spirit in John 14, John 15, John 16, he said he will lead us to all truth. We are supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit, but there are many Christians who are now listening to the guidance of the Lord through the Holy Spirit. They are living the life however they want to, and it's going to cost them a lot. It's going to cost them a lot. May God have mercy on those brothers and sisters that are backsliding. We hope that the Lord have mercy and reach them out and help them to come out of the disobedience. Before it's too late brothers and sisters. Jesus is coming. He promised us that he will come for us Hallelujah He will come for us in the middle of the night like a thief in the night And when they say safe, uh, hallelujah peace and safety Sudden destruction was going to come upon them as as a woman in travail and pain Sudden destruction he said that will come upon them sudden destruction is coming I don't know why people are not listening the sudden destruction is coming because it is coming before it's too late God is merciful and is willing to forgive us but he has told us what's coming he is expecting us to repent and ask get up get on our knees or, or, or repent begin to repent right where you are don't think that God is not going to bring the judgment anymore Because he is, and when he does, it might be too late. I am a messenger of the Lord, and I'm here to tell you to continue to repent, continue to seek the Lord, continue to prepare repentance before it's too late. He don't want anyone to perish, but to be saved and have everlasting life through him. Remember how hard it was for Jesus to carry the cross. The sins of the world was in that cross. But he knew that by him carrying the cross, he was the only one that could bring the cross and be crucified on the cross where he was going to crucify our sin. So to give us the opportunity that when we will repent and come to God through him, God will forgive our sin for through, through what Jesus did on the cross. That cross is mercy from God to us. What Jesus did on the cross is He's shown us His mercy, His love that endure forever, brothers and sisters. What God was showing me this morning in heaven was the living coal in heaven in the throne of God that has been on fire for billions and trillions and thousands a year, as we know, according to the book, the word of Isaiah, the prophet. And those living coal are still today on fire. God's word. It's not going to fall to the ground in vain. Heaven and earth, said Jesus, will pass, but not my words. And surely heaven and earth will pass, but not the word of God. Those stones, those living coal in heaven are on fire today, as they were on fire thousands of years ago and prior to that. The fire had never died. As God says to Moses in Aaron, to keep the fire in the altar burning, burning that was a representation of the throne of father God in heaven the throne of God that throne is on fire and that fire is always burning praise the Lord why because that is the word of God alive that is God who is alive who is not a God of the dead but he is a God of the living God is not a God of the dead when God spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden God told them not to eat from that fruit. For in the day they will eat from that fruit, in that very day they were going to die. God was showing us there that, that God will give men a thousand years. One day up to God is a thousand years. God was going to give men a thousand years under obedience to serving and do His will. But because in that same thousand years that God gave Adam and Eve and them, they disobeyed God. They did, not end, they did not last to the 1,000 year. And even if they would have lasted 1,000 year, they had gotten themselves in disobedience. They have fallen from grace. So in order for God to fulfill what he said in the garden, because he wanted men to fulfill that 1,000 year, he's going to give us a new millennium with Christ in him, where he himself is present will be in the new millennium. To give humanity that thousand year he began in the garden, he's going to establish it on this earth, renew again completely. He will make all things new, and we will have total peace and total joy on the earth again, and we will fulfill that thousand year in health with the Lord. Yes, many will get into disobedience and sin in the millennium and will be fallen, but a few at least will end the thousand year. With Christ. They will reign with Christ for a thousand years. And after the thousand years are over, Satan will be loosened again for a short time. When he is loosened again for a short time, he goes to the four corners of the earth, God and God, to gather them for the final battle. Will he think he's going to be the Messiah in Jerusalem, which it will be beautiful. But fire will come from heaven and consume him and all his followers. And they will all be thrown into the lake of fire where the full prophet and the Antichrist have been thrown first. Brothers and sisters, that will be the end of everything. Then the white throne judgment where everyone of God's creation will give God an account before they are thrown in the lake of fire. The bride of Christ will go to the tribunal of Christ. Judgment seat of Christ, where he is going to demand from the bride to give him an account for their life, because in the moment you receive Christ, you have to pray, you have to sanctify yourself before his presence, seek him every day, and repent Many Christians are lazy and fail to pray, repent, and seek the Lord, brothers and sisters. In Jesus, God is holding them unto an account for their action and for their life. He's calling them into account, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. Because God is the judge. The Lord is the judge of all. And he's calling them into account for the lives that they're living before him. The bride of Christ will give Jesus an account. The sinners in the world will give Father an account. Hallelujah! And then comes the reward for the bride of Christ, the wedding and the celebration, which is gonna be a mighty celebration, brothers and sisters. But the the, the when we give an account, the wedding and all, I'm sorry, how already happens, and then we go into eternity with God, where we are going to enjoy everything God has promised us that we would have for eternity with Christ. He is the life in the life of all men. Give your life to Jesus before it's too late. Consecrate your life to him. Dedicate your life to the Lord. Repent of your sin daily before it's too late. Shalom, shalom, my brothers and sisters. Be blessed. Thank you, Jesus. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. My brother John, you there? Yep,
8: I'm here. Hello, everybody.
7: Amen. Welcome to the Lord's Howard, John. Praise, Praise Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. We rejoice in the Lord, my brother John, huh?
8: Amen. Amen. It's uh it's it's good to be alive in this day and hour. It's really uh really kinda of wild to watch everything just unfold right before our eyes and you can read amen. about it in the Bible.
7: Amen, amen. This is this is our time to shine, John. To bring the gospel to the world, hallelujah. And you know, I get emails from people that, that are coming out of sin Hallelujah People that, that God touched them uh, last night Through that message That my sister Nicole uh, You and I were talking about Praise Jesus uh, yeah. not, not being unequally joke, Hallelujah We're unbelievers Praise Jesus Hallelujah A lot of people love the topics They love the message They want to hear more about it John Praise Jesus Hallelujah They want to know more about uh, Not marrying Someone who's not a Christian, or like someone that wrote to me said that she was dating a, a, a person from another religion. And that could really be dangerous, hallelujah, for Christian people to marry people from other religions, hallelujah, who don't have the same belief. Because we believe in our Savior, Jesus Christ, hallelujah, yeah. but other religions don't teach us, John, and don't believe that. So how can they stand in on, on, agreement on the word on that, John?
8: I don't know. You know, it's you know, a lot of times it's you know, maybe this is kind of a, a poor analogy, but you know, it's almost likened to somebody who works for someone who's not a believer, and you're not on the same page, and it, it just creates a lot of strife and a lot of you know, angst in that in that relationship, and and the same thing carries over in your personal life if you're you know, with somebody and you guys don't see eye to eye on um you know the things of God the way a, a believer would um it's it I mean to me it's a you know it's not only a recipe for disaster but you could potentially you know backslide trying to you know you know keep the other person happy so you might compromise you might um you might not uh fully you know walk in in the spirit just to I keep mind. them happy you know cuz they're not going to have the same values typically are the same, you know, world view as you would
7: have. And, uh, and and that that could run into problems. Amen. And the other the other thing is that um like God said to, to the Jewish people for them not to date uh, any other people or marry any other people from other nations because they might turn their heart to them to their other gods. Okay? And that that's one of the dangers there John too. Yep.
8: Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean you the last thing you want to do is become a you know, Hindu or a Muslim or some other religion kind of thing, and miss the rapture and have to go through the tribulation because
2: it's <laughs> uh, you know
8: it's, it's such a horrible time and um, and you really don't want to you really don't want to go through that if if you can help it um, you, mm. you know and. And and it could be your friends, too, you know. It's, mm. it's it's not just the person you're hooked up with, but, you know, it could be the mm. group you run with. Maybe they're always going out to the bars drinking or, you know, just doing things that aren't conducive to a Christian life. And, and you know, and, and it's not conducive to walking in holiness or righteousness. You've got to flee from that stuff. Like like Joseph with Potiphar's, you know, wife is a perfect example. He just took off running. He didn't, Amen. you know, and... <laughs> And that's the way we should really treat that sort of thing, where you, you don't want to touch it with a
7: ten-foot pole. Stay holy, stay pure. You know, and then guard that as well. Amen, amen, amen. Well, John, I said last night that we were going to talk about the Temple of Solomon, the Temple of Herod, Herod the King, and the next Temple that is going to be rebuilt in 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 Hallelujah in Jerusalem very soon, in in the mid the middle of the tribulation. Hallelujah. The Bible said we said we were gonna talk about these things, but before we do, I just I want to go over the difference between uh, I want to go over the rapture, hallelujah, and the second coming. The difference between them two, because John and I hope you help me with this. That a lot of people still wondering about this, and 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 a lot of people love the way the Lord had us explaining this, the difference between the rapture. And the second coming. You want to go ahead John and and talk about the different and then I'll I'll continue on. Sure, sure, no problem.
8: Um to do that, let me uh get my little rapture notes out and and you know, the main thing when you're talking about the rapture, you know, you always want to go to the word of God for everything because that's our source of truth. And um if we don't have the word of God, you know, it's it's really tough to, you know, establish some kind of source. I guess that's one thing that's just one of the many things that sets the, you know, being a believer apart from, you know, all these other religions. Cause we do have a supernatural book that, that tells us, um, you know, gives us, you know, tells us what's going to happen in the future. And this happens to be one of the events. The thing Elvy was talking about is the difference between the rapture and the second coming. Now they're, they're totally two separate events. And, um, and the rapture is, you know, it's stated right here. Let me uh, get my handy-dandy cheater glasses on. Um, let's see. We'll go to um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We'll just read verse 13 through 18 because, I mean, it kind of gives you the whole flavor of everything. So, But I would um, not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, which ye saw or not, um, even as others, which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also that are asleep in Jesus, uh, God will bring with them. For this we say unto you by the word of our Lord, that, see, and that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall be with the Lord. Wherefore comfort one another with these words. Um, so that's um, you know one of the main you know uh, verses that really caught my attention. That yeah, this rapture is real. I read it and I go, how can you not believe in the rapture after reading that? And um, and <laughs> it's, it says you shall be caught up, and that's the word that says harpazo. Which basically means to be forcefully yanked up. You'll also find the same word in, um, I believe it's in Philip when he was translated. Uh, it was Acts eight thirty nine, I believe, and you know where he was also you know translated is what it, call, it calls it. Same same type of concept, the the same the same thing. And basically, the rapture is is an event where. God takes up his church. Now, to be to qualify to be his church means you believe on Jesus, you've repented for your sins, and you're living a holy life. You're not going out, you know, fornicating, um, committing adultery, lying, cheating, stealing, you know, doing sins where you know the Holy Spirit inside of you is saying, don't do that, and you keep doing the same thing over and over and over. You're right. going to jeopardize your chance of going up in the rapture. So the idea is you live a holy life, a holy life. Uh, a life that you, when you do sin, you repent right away, and when it means repent, it means you turn away from it, and um, you know. So, so that's your your responsibility and and your job. Now, when it comes to, um, you know, if you go to Second Thessalonians, chapter two, um, you know, Paul does a little bit more clarification, where he says that you know, chapter two, verse two, that you soon be not shaken in mind, troubled um, by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter. Amen. From us, as the day of the Lord's already at hand, he said, "Not at hand, but you know, but there's going to be first, you know, there's going to be a, a catching away, or a, it says a falling away, but it really means a departure, and that the man of sin's revealed." So, yesterday we discussed who the man of sin is. You know, it's somebody who's the opposite of Christ. He's, Amen. he he, he engages in sinful acts. He engages in sinful legislation. He leads a country the way a wicked man would lead a country. It wouldn't, he doesn't draw you to God; he pulls you away. Um, with his, um, the laws that he's going to enact are going to be contrary to what is in God's word. And 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 then he, you know, then you get the son of perdition who's revealed, who's Antichrist, to who, uh, you know, so, so we, we know that's going to happen. But then you look back when Jesus returns. I don't have that verse right in front of me. But when he returns, does every aisle see him? You, you, mm. know, you when he returns it's everybody sees him where the
7: Amen.
8: catching away is just a you know it it's,
7: it's in the the bleak of a blink of an eye Yeah, exactly, yeah.
8: like a thief in the night. And like you say, l v about the you know, the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins.
7: Amen. 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 Let me tell you John something that um it you know, some people because of their teaching or their background and listening to false teaching and all that, it's a a little bit difficult for them to see the rapture in the Bible, but it's not impossible because nothing is impossible with God. But now, when you go ahead and look at Matthew 25, um, how can you compare that to the second coming where, oh, I will see the Lord? You know, when it says like a thief in the night, it came in the middle of the night, the Lord came there for the bride. Mm-hmm. Okay, to take them home. That right. is a clear rapture there. Clear, clear rapture, because the the second coming, every eye will see the Lord. Hallelujah. But not in the rapture. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. It's very, very clear the difference, John. I thank you for all those verses, John. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that really will help a lot of people, because I, I still have questions from people about this. And, and um just to make it more clear there it is hallelujah you can compare that to what john says that oh i will see him, and you can tell clearly that they're very very different and the ratchet only the bride will see the lord coming. okay yeah. praise jesus hallelujah but in the second coming, every eye will see the lord praise jesus hallelujah yeah. which is the great it's a great thing Hallelujah, in the second coming, because I will see them, but they have to go through a seven-year tribulation, which we're not called to be go through, through the wrath of God. That's what it's called to the uh, prophet Isaiah and Jeremiah, the wrath of God. We are not going to wrath, the Bible says, which means tribulation. We are not going to wrath. We are, go, we are going to salvation, the Bible says, which means, hallelujah, the Lord taking us out of here before the wrath comes or the Lord protecting us before the, 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 hallelujah, the Lord comes. like when the Lord says in Isaiah, Hi, my bride, until this time pass, until time goes by. Hide thyself in thy chamber, hallelujah, until the, until the judgment pass. So we're going to be hidden for seven years up in heaven, okay, with Christ, hallelujah, and the rapture, and the cut up in the air, and then we're coming down at the end of the judgment because the end of the tribulation when Jesus returned, and Jesus puts an end to the, to the tribulation. He is the only one that is going to end the tribulation. If he will not end the tribulation, the devil will continue to destroy humanity and the earth. Hallelujah. hallelujah. This is how important, hallelujah. Uh, it's so important that Jesus return back because Jesus will be the one putting an end to everything else. Praise Jesus, Hallelujah. He will be stopping the tribulation. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, now we said we will talk about the temple. Hallelujah. And I want to start in Matthew 24 where Jesus said, hallelujah, in Matthew 24. I don't know if you were able to look up some information, on John, about this topic tonight. Praise mm-hmm. Jesus. About the tribulation, because this is going to help people a lot. And, and in Matthew 24, we read in verse 1 that uh the signs of the end. Jesus left the temple. He was walking away when his disciple came after him. They, they wanted to call, him, to call his attention to the temple buildings. Hallelujah. And, and then Jesus said, do you all see these things? Jesus asked. What I'm about to tell you is true. This is a newer Bible translation. Uh, no one stone here will be left on top of another. Every stone will be thrown down. Another translation says that the stone will be destroyed. Talking about the temple, the temple that Herod had built. which The temple was a pride of the Jewish people, but it also meant more than that. Now, I have a question for all of you. Why, what does the temple, uh, uh, the temple of Solomon or of Herod and the Holy Spirit have to do with each other? That's my question. I will answer that question later. Hallelujah, but I want to put that question up there, hallelujah maybe some people can 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 think about it or look up the information what does the temple hallelujah and the Holy Spirit have to do with each other pray Jesus hallelujah so the temple uh meant, meant a lot for the Jewish people a lot it meant it it meant, to, it meant, to, it meant god being among his people God said he would talk to his people from there hallelujah and we're going to read hallelujah We're going to pray Jesus, hallelujah. Go to our second Chronicles 7, pray Jesus, hallelujah. It says, and the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, this is the first temple now. It's called, the temple of Solomon was called the first temple. The Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place for myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up to heaven, there will be no rain. If I command the locusts to devour the land, I will send a pestilence among my people. If my people who are called by my name should humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So this is what happens in repenting to God. Hallelujah. God will forgive your sin your sins. Hallelujah. He will hear you from heaven when you repent. and a lot of people say, John, I want God to hear me when I pray. Mm-hmm. But see, you have to repent to God of your sin in order for God to hear you. Right. This is when God hears your sinner, John. When the sinner repents back to God. Praise Amen. Jesus, Hallelujah. Then he says and, he and, will forgive. go ahead, John.
8: No, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, I, I can just relate to that personally, um, just what I went through. You know, the the scriptures don't, you know, when you when you got a clean heart, when you're repentant, when you're seeking God, when you're pursuing righteousness and holiness, and, and you're being obedient to the word um, as best you can, when you start reading the Bible, it just comes alive to you. I mean, like, like I said, maybe it was last week, you know, I, I used to try to read Leviticus, and I'd fall asleep. That's just... I couldn't get through it, and I didn't know what in the world it meant. I'd be reading it going, what are they talking about? And now I'm reading it going, this kind of makes sense. And it's amazing how um, how he'll open up your eyes, or it's just like, you know, some of the, some of the um, you know, these Bibles are, are sealed up, and, you know, like the words of Daniel are, are sealed up till the time of the end. Same with Revelation, a lot of these. And now it's starting to, you know, come to life, and it's coming to light more, and 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 it's not like one person knows it all. We're getting little bits and pieces from a whole bunch of people, and you start putting it together, and it's like, wow,
7: (laughs) amazing. Amen. Amen. awesome. It's awesome. Then God says, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. See, I believe healing comes, hallelujah, after repenting. And, And I know this because when I was going to the prisons, hallelujah, one thing I would tell the people is, Start repenting your sins to the Lord, hallelujah. And if you have sinned, hallelujah, repent before God, and then later on we will pray for healing. But I will first do repenting, understanding what the Bible says, that after we repent, God said he will heal us. It's a promise to us. So I will lead people into repenting first, and then, hallelujah, we will go into healing, and agreement into healing, and the Lord will heal people. And I had, I now the power of God move this way. Now verse fifteen says, "Now my eyes should be opened and my ear attentive unto this, unto the prayer that is made in this place." Hallelujah. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name be there forever. Now one thing there is that God said His name will be Hallelujah in the house in the temple. So the temple Hallelujah. For the Jewish people, it has a lot to do with God. Because he says his name will be in the temple. So it it had a real tie together with God. And this is why the the Jewish people are so silly about the temple. Uh, And they would want to protect the temple, temple, and they would want their temple to be built. Because they know the name of God will be in the temple. Hallelujah. And not only that, God Himself promised He will be in the temple, so this is why they wanted the temple. So they want the temple to be built. Hallelujah. Verse 17. And as for thee, if thou should walk before me as David thy father walked, and that according to the, all that I have commanded thee, shall assert my statue and my judgment, then I will establish thy throne of thy kingdom according to I have uh, a covenant with David thy father, saying that should, uh, they will fail the uh, be men to be ruler of Israel. I, this old uh, way of uh, reading the Bible really gets to me. But if you turn away and forsake my statue and my commandment, which I have set before you, I should go and serve uh, other God and worship them. Then I will pluck them out by the root out of my land which I have given them, and this, this house which I have sanctified for my name will be cast out of my sight. God right there says, That he will destroy, he says to to, uh, Solomon, he will cast out the temple, the house out of his side. In another word, he will destroy it. Praise Jesus, he will destroy it. So God there prophesied or said to Solomon, I'm going to destroy this house if you guys forsake me. Okay, this is the first prophecy, hallelujah, before the second prophecy of Jesus Christ against the temple. Because the temple. Has to do to the Jewish people a closeness to God. That's how they understand it. That's how they see it. Praise Jesus, Hallelujah. But remember, God said also to the prophet that he will not in in temple again, made by the hand of men, for he will dwell on every and every man's heart, and every everyone's life who who, who receive them again. Praise Jesus, Hallelujah. So. Also, the temple has to do with salvation. To the Jewish people, salvation came from God through the temple. Through us, salvation comes through Yeshua in our life. We don't need a temple. But for the Jewish people, it's so important that they have their temple. Because that's what it meant to them. That's what was given to them. Hallelujah. And not only that, the Ark of the Covenant was put there. Hallelujah. The personal relationship with God was in the temple through the Ark of the Covenant. God will speak to his people. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. So it truly meant a personal relationship with God. That's what the temple means to the Jewish people. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, when, because God knew that, that the Jewish people were going to. Uh, uh, reject Yeshua the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah Jesus okay this is what this is why God allowed the temple again to be destroyed because God was not going to have a relationship with a people who reject him in another word, who will not seek him truly but when he said through i said with thy mouth I worship me I die hard it's far away from me, remember that yep. so it, the temple really means a lot, john yeah
8: amen. amen i I agree, you know it's um you know it's funny too, like I mean, I had to actually do some you know digging on the on the on the next temple that's being built, and she came across a a video of one guy who was basically equating to the temple being, you know, it comes from the earth as, you know, as Adam came from the earth, too. And and you think about it, here, we're holding the temple of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Where did we come from? From the dust of the earth. Yeah, and where fantastic. is this temple coming? From the dust of the earth. And I thought, wow, you know, that that was a, a, a neat little analogy. And it was a, some guy from the Jerusalem Temple Institute or something like that is what it was called, but it's a group of people that's in charge of, you know, erecting the next temple. And apparently what she discovered was it was supposed to be along the lines of what Solomon's temple was, was like. Amen. And um, that's, that's the, the blueprints they're using. And, you know, some people have said they've seen the blueprints. Apparently they're ready to go. And, and she found some stuff that said they'll have that, that thing erected in 18 months. And, Amen. Um, and yeah, I mean, just, to even hear that coming out Now I've, I've heard that for like the last 20 or 30 years that you know they're getting Things together and remember back In the 80s they were trying to find the perfect Red heifers ashes and, and all That stuff but I guess they, They've they got everything they're ready to go And it's just uh, really on God's timing now at this point Or she said yeah. they were almost ready but Just about just about there and um, And it's just Interesting you know after you know You know, that stuff that I read about with Ron Wyatt yesterday. And and it's just like, wow, you know, God's really getting this thing. It's coming together.
7: Mm. And and another thing, John, God God says um, that he he was going to raise Nebuchadnezzar, right? Hallelujah. To, To bring him against Jerusalem in the book of Jeremiah, he says, because of the wickedness and the evil ways. Now, look what's the history of the, of, of the first temple. Solomon Temple was also known as the first temple, was the main temple in the ancient uh, Jerusalem, in the Temple Mount, also known as the Mount Zion, before destruction by Nebuchadnezzar the second, after the siege of Jerusalem in 587 BCE. According to the Hebrew Bible, the temple was constructed under Solomon, uh, the king of Israel, who would they... Dated contraction to the cent, uh, 10th century BCE, mm-hmm. although it was passed that it was earlier at uh, Jupiter's side sanctuary. Mm-hmm. know okay, no, that this is the history of it. Praise Jesus. But Nebuchadnezzar II, the second, the second king, I believe it, is, it means, mm-hmm. okay, uh, was the one who destroyed the temple in 587 BCE. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the first his, first history of the, of the first temple that was destroyed. And, and, and God allowed this because of the evil and wickedness of the people. So evil and wickedness are the things, hallelujah, that lead to destruction. Disobedience being the key, but God also warning his people that if they will go and worship other God, he warned them in Second Second Chronicles, if they go forsaking him, he will go ahead and, and destroy it. And that's what God did. Again, praise Jesus, hallelujah. But you know when you read uh, uh, Second Chronicles seven, hallelujah, and you read this, but then when you read on uh, verse eight, hallelujah, then when you see Solomon, God warned him on verse seven not to go ahead, hallelujah, and do this. And in verse eight, a little few maybe years after or a few months after, God spoken to to um, Solomon. We, get, we see that Solomon on verse 8 goes and marries the, the daughters uh, of Pharaoh. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. So they, hallelujah, knowing the truth, went and decided to go ahead and sin of Solomon dead. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And then God's evil, he will allow the evil to come upon them. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, hallelujah. So now the first temple was destroyed. Now we go on to the the second temple. When Jesus says in Matthew 24, to his disciples, you see all these stones. Now these stones will will be standing on top of each other. They will be destroyed. And this prophecy came, hallelujah. I believe it it was in 33 after Jesus had died that the temple was destroyed by the Romans again. Pray, Jesus, hallelujah. Yes, Yes, that
8: was in 70 AD. Was that... that Seventy AD, yep. Um it's uh Emperor well Jesus was crucified in Tiberius' time and I it was like Val, I the I remember the guy's name. But um but yeah, he um in seventy AD is when the temple was destroyed and that's when, you know, Israel was ransacked.
7: Mm. Amen, amen. So yeah, so thirty thirty I would say, yeah, almost 30 or 30 something years after Jesus had died, is that how it is? Or after he finished yeah. his ministry? Yeah, it'd
8: be okay. uh, 30, 37 years after.
7: Okay. Now, the second temple says the history. Uh, um, the model Herod Temple renovated the second temple in Israel and Museum. The second temple was important to the Jewish time. Which stood on the temple Mount in Jerusalem. so they they built it in the, in the in the in the in the temple mount okay, and again, what's in the temple mount now john
8: the dome of the rock,
7: the dome of the rock okay so there is a, what we, what God will say through his word an abomination okay in Israel right now because mm-hmm. or, or, or abandoned since, since the temple was since they built it hallelujah, the Dome of the Rock, because um, uh, they, the, the Jewish people allowed this to happen because of their own disobedience, God, or well, I would say, God allowed this to happen, John, for mm-hmm. the temple to be rebuilt in the Temple Mount, where the old temple was now. So, in, or, in order for that Temple Mount to come down, there has to be a, a Psalm 83 word. Wouldn't you agree with that, John? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
8: absolutely. Um, absolutely. That temple's got to be destroyed because it's. You know, I've, I've heard some people say, "Oh, it's going to be built right next to it." I, I don't know, Elvie. You've seen it to the tribulation. Um, was that Dome of the Rock even there, or was it gone? Have you ever seen that? I,
7: I, you know, when when I see the tribulation, the Dome of the Rock was not there when I see it in the tribulation. So somehow they're going to destroy it. I don't know okay. if. It, I don't know if it's up right after the psalm eighty three war Hallelujah, but it might be right now with, with china uh, china russia it, 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 and, and all these other nations involved uh, around there now um i was I was meditating on this this week because I was reading the news online and reading what's going on that that, that Obama supposedly is trying to 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 hold all these other nations like like Russia back. And we know that Russia had a delivery for, for Syria of uh, 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 weapons and stuff. And, and, and the, the, one of the London insurance companies that, was, that, was, um, that had this thing insured told the, the Russians that it, they, they had no insurance to deliver those things to Syria and uh, those weapons. So they went in and they turned the weapon around back to Russia. But they were saying on the news that Russia has no problem delivering those weapons because they have other ways to do it. So it means that right now Russia is arming Syria, the government of Syria. And Russia has their own army there, hallelujah, to fight along the Syrian government. Now, China also has interests in Syria and in Iran, okay, including Russia and Syria and Iran. And, and China has said it clearly and openly They are willing to protect their interests So what does that mean? Well, if you understand what they're saying If you can understand between the line, China is saying We are willing to fight against the United States And Israel for our own interests In, in, in Syria and in Iran That's what they're saying That's what Russia It's also same. we are willing to fight the United States and Israel for our own interests, okay? And and the thing is that China has an open market to to Iran and Syria where they can sell all kinds of stuff, and they're making millions, okay? They don't want that to stop. The same with Russia. Russia has an open market with Iran and Syria, and they are making millions, and they are not going to have the U.S. or, or Israel are stopping from making their money. That's what they've been saying. So Russia and China when they send the marine, they send in their army over there and they're they are willing to fight with tools and nail for their own interest in, in Israel and um in Iran and in Syria. So no uh, what's happening now is more serious than everything because um they were saying that this, this Obama was thinking that he was gonna get away by having the president Syrian. Calm down, soon Okay, but when now with all this support from from China and Russia, okay, Israel in the United States and hallelujah, in Europe has no uh, no other way around this. Okay, and and they're saying that there's only one way, and it's to go to war. That's the, go to go to fighting. That's what Israel been saying and all this. So this is really messy right now, John.
8: Oh yeah, yeah. You you can see everything's just lining right up. You know, you you look at that whole area. It's 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 a tinderbox ready to just you know one little match will gulp the whole area. And um and yeah, it's I mean that's just another thing we're watching prophecy unfold before our eyes. You know, you, you're gonna watch the you know where Damascus becomes a ruinous heap, and that's prophesied. And, and apparently Damascus is is one of the only cities that hasn't been completely leveled um, or doesn't have any, because usually when, when cities are taken over in a time of war, the, the, you know, the, the policy or, or how they would treat the cities is they would just obliterate them and level the whole city. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one city that has not been leveled yet. Apparently I've not studied it lately, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it, it definitely, um, you know, definitely is a, it's something that's a uh, that's going on out there plus um you know the other thing is you you look at you know the posturing of you know of Russia too that's really critical um you know th- th- those guys right now are are saying you know if you attack Iran it's like you're attacking Russia and we're going to respond too yeah and and that's going to probably set up the seven year you know, um, treaty that Daniel nine twenty seven talks about. You know, yeah. where I, I believe that's it, if I'm if I'm mistaken, right? But it's either Daniel nine or Daniel seven. Yeah, Daniel Daniel hmm. nine twenty seven. Yeah, you know, where where they confirm the covenant for one week, and Amen. that's when that's when the temple is erected, and in the middle of it, that's hmm. when the antichrist sits in the temple, showing himself as God, and oh, yeah. uh, and so you can see that whole scenario just playing out right now and it's it's getting ready to uh you know to
7: happen <laughs> amen amen well another thing before I go on I want to I want to share with people uh, my last dream I shared yesterday last night a dream that I had which it was a blessing to a lot of people but I haven't shared my second dream praise Jesus hallelujah and well and the second dream that the Lord gave me was that and this was for Saturday to Sunday morning, hallelujah. Uh, I seen that uh, we were all, hallelujah, uh, like graduating. We were all heading to be to graduating, hallelujah. And I could see that we were all running, like Paul says, hallelujah. We we're all running together. And make sure that you run uh, to get there, to make it. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. And we were all running, hallelujah. And we were running to get gra- to graduate, hallelujah! And as we got in there to graduate, I, 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 when I got there, I opened my eyes and I started looking around. I said, "I finally graduated! Oh my God! I finally graduated! I finally made it!" And it was like for one second in that revelation, I was thinking through all the hard time that we as a Christian have to go through, and we've been going through, hallelujah. And how much testing we've been going through trials and difficulties and problems and this and that, you know, and I could see, hallelujah, that we were graduating as a Christian finally, you know and and before before I' seen this month ago or last year I would say that we were going to this place, but it would have, have we would have to go around the corner to make it, and I remember the Lord showing me that. Uh, The rapture he showed me last year, was around the corner. Now when he showed it to me how close we are, hallelujah, we were speeding up. The bride was speeding up to graduate already. We had like less than a block in the spirit, hallelujah, less than a block, hallelujah. Because before we had a whole corner to turn around, So I I could not even see the the next street that we would turn around and and go there to graduate. This time, we were already at the street, okay? And at the end of the street, on the left, right there, on the front of us, was the the place of graduation, like heaven. Hallelujah. Because, again, it's going to be like in a blink of an eye, the right, in a blink of an eye. And I was amazed, like, wow, I made it. Remember Paul says, I have finished my race? I'm just waiting to be crowned to get my crown. Hallelujah! That's what that's where we are. We're about to graduate to get our, our, our crown of life. Praise Jesus! Hallelujah! And and but we have to we have to be careful now because now the devil wants to get people focused on on, on many other things except going to heaven. It's it's said graduating. It's all it's said going up in the rapture. He wants to get people focused on other things. And you don't want to get focused on other things because, again, like we were saying yesterday, if you miss this rapture, hallelujah, it's going to be very difficult to be saved. Because you're going to have to go through seven-year tribulation, and you're going to have to go through things that you have never gone through before in your life. And you're not going to be a happy camper, let me tell you. You're going to get very, very, very mad at God. Hallelujah. Very mad. But actually, actually, it's your fault and it's my fault if we stay. It's our own fault. Because again, hallelujah. The.
4: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?